the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. We might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we do that from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. I have a great show for you today. I'll introduce my guests in just a moment. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka. Owner Steve White celebrating their 15th anniversary this week and this month. Yes, Porky's has been in Central Florida now for 15 years. It's They've provided a wonderful place for people to go, not only get great food, uh, great old-fashioned um, sides like you know green beans and collards and many other great things along with their outstanding barbecue um, and creative dishes as well, such as the monster ribeye sandwich, the pig dip, the barbecue Cuban, the Mac Daddy burger, and many, many others. But just uh, even more so, Porky's and Steve White owner have made a huge contribution to our community by giving back to many, many, many organizations and supporting many organizations in our community. And just it's just a great, fun place for fam- to go and hang out with family and friends. So we salute Porky's Barbecue in Apopka and owner Steve White for their 15th, 15 years of serving our community in such a magnificent way. Now we're pleased to introduce our guest for today. I'm very happy to be joined by Mr. Kyle Hayes, and he's representing our friends over at St. Barnabas Episcopal School in DeLand. And Kyle, great to see you. Thanks for coming over today. Thanks for having me, Roger. I really appreciate it. And first of all, Kyle, I would like just can you give us an overview of St. Barnabas Episcopal School? You know, uh, head of school Paul Garcia has joined us a couple, you know, several times in the in the past. Also, Dave Dugo, admissions director, and, and we've shared with our audience the the wonderful, unique story of St. Barnabas. But it's um, it's all we have new listeners every week, and it's been a while since. Uh, St. Bar- uh, Barnabas has joined us on our show. And I'll just uh, add one thing. Um, having visited St. Barnabas Episcopal School, you know, you just ha- have an absolutely beautiful campus in a, in a wonderful neighborhood in, in Old Deland. Yes. Uh, you know, St. Barnabas is actually one of the oldest um, churches in the area. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just we have a wonderful opportunity to be in that lovely downtown Deland feel. Uh, I believe last year they were ranked uh, uh, number one for Main Street in America uh, for that old town feel. 
so we just have a wonderful opportunity to um, be in a small town where uh, everyone kind of knows each other and uh, just a beautiful area. So I've been very blessed to be there, and I think St. Barnabas uh, is a wonderful addition to that community and kind of a uh, characterizes the community in, in all aspects. Speaking with Mr. Kyle Hayes, representing St. Barnabas Episcopal School in DeLand. And, you know, Kyle, would like to ask you about, um, can you just talk about, well, first of all, what, what grades are the students at St. Barnabas? Uh, we are pre-K four, so starting in a four-year-old program uh, and going all the way up until eighth grade. So that's where we end. And I know you kind of have uh, you know, three different uh, at, at divisions, if you will. It's not the perfect word, but uh, you know, three different levels at St. Barnabas Episcopal School, preschool, elementary, and middle school. Can you talk about the three levels? Yes. Yeah, so uh, what we're doing now is we're really encouraging families um, that you know are interested in a private education, especially one with Christian values. Um, to begin the enrollment process really at an early age, such as pre-K-4. Because what that does is it allows uh, the student to develop at an early age, uh, to uh, experience this wonderful environment that St. Barnabas is, uh, and really uh, take that journey uh, as early as possible so that when they are uh, entering the eighth grade and leaving there, uh, they've really become a well-rounded individual. They've uh, developed relationships that will last a lifetime um, and are set up for success when they leave. Friends, we're glad you're joining us. We're talking with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School on our program today. They were, they were an outstanding private Christian school located in DeLand, in fact, in a beautiful neighborhood in Old DeLand, Red Brick Streets, huge oak trees, and, um, you know, wonderful architecture at the church and the school. I'd like to, you know, Kyle, I'd like to talk, can you share with us, you know, I'd like to revisit your, your Christian mission, and can you talk about, um, you know, the mission of St. Barnabas Episcopal School as as a Christ-centered uh, a school? Um, yes, so our mission is to, uh, obviously, not just about developing the well-rounded whole child, uh, what we call it, but it's about really, um, you know, incorporating Christian values um, and really setting them up for excellence and success uh, when they leave here. But obviously being Christ as the cornerstone for all that we teach um, and incorporating that into all of our curriculum uh, through the fruit of the spirit uh, that we teach on a monthly basis, having them learn a different verse um, um, with the fruit um, each month. You know, it's just a wonderful opportunity for us to teach them um, while incorporating Christ as the center of all uh, faith. And we're speaking with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School on our show today. We're glad you're joining us. Now, Kyle, now can you? T- I would like to, to have you share, because as Paul Garcia, head of school, has shared with us before, and also Dave Dugo, this emphasis on, you know, Having a well, making sure that your the students at St. Barnabas have a well-rounded um, experience at St. Barnabas, and your your concept of and your emphasis on developing the whole child. Yes, well, you see in society today, and re- with really many academic in- institutions, their core focus is really on academics, and that seems to be the end-all, be-all for uh, many institutions because so many parents and uh, organizations are just so focused on develop, 
developing a student academically. Uh, at St. Barnabas, academics definitely plays a, a heightened role uh, in what we teach there. However, what we do uh, try to emphasize is the opportunity for every child to experience a number of different areas, uh, find what they're passionate about, and really uh, be able to incorporate their passions into that learning process, whether that be um, ac or academics, whether it be the science program, whether it be um, athletics, fine arts, our, our art department, our, uh, our teacher is just a wonderful individual um, that uh, is, as well as all of our teachers, for just really uh, developing those children, nurturing them to reach their full potential in every area, not just academics. And what that does is it really uh, gives them the opportunity academically, uh, from what we've seen statistically shows, uh, when you have that emphasis on athletics and fine arts uh, and giving every student the opportunity to experience that, it actually helps them academically and allows them to be successful in those academics. So, And, and along those same lines, kind of a, a similar question, but maybe going a little bit deeper, is I know that one of the, especially speaking with you know, Paul Garcia and, and Dave Dugo in the past, um, and even parents at at St. Barnabas, you know, in that overall mission of developing the whole child, you know, producing well-rounded citizens, ultimately, you uh, work to, to create an environment at St. Barnabas where, encouraged, where students are encouraged to, to dream dream big and, and set big goals and even get outside their the, the, the box of their comfort zone, if you will, and thinking about the possibilities of their potential. And can you address those, those thoughts? Yeah, we like to, our teachers are, like I said, they're very nurturing. They, they're open to new ideas and opportunities for children to learn. Uh, just since I've been here uh, working at the school over the last uh, four or five years, I've had the opportunity to just see an enormous amount of uh, students that are being supported and uh, what their dreams are. Uh, last year, we had the opportunity for our fourth grade uh, they had uh, come up with the idea to raise funds um, for a, a small village uh, overseas that is, you know, not able to uh, provide livestock and other items for themselves. And they really took it upon their shoulders. The students um, really headed up the the uh, program and raised over four thousand dollars to provide these different livestock um for this small village. So things like that. And then uh, from an academic standpoint, we had a really cool sixth grade program two years ago. Uh, the students were learning how to code uh, through a program, uh, an online program that basically, um, you know, teaches them to move robots or different, different aspects of that. Uh, and what they did was the students came up with the idea Let's make this like a contest. Uh, and the teacher was all about it and creating that fun learning environment for them and really having a couple students that wanted to take the leadership role and running that program. Uh, it was just awesome. So we were able to partner with a uh, downtown branding agency that really does coding uh, in real life and show them how they can transfer what they were learning in that fun um you know, programmable environment that they were doing in the sixth grade classroom, how they can transfer that into the real world and what that looks like as they grow into that. And if it's something that they wanted to pursue. So, you know, th programs like that is just uh, a wonderful opportunity at St. Bernard's for them to learn to, you know, not just dream big, but also pursue them. And then having teachers and staff and administration be able to support them in their uh, endeavors. 
Thank you for sharing. Mr. Kyle Hayes, representing St. Barnabas Episcopal School. And friends, we're very pleased to be able to share with Kyle today, bring you this information about one of the truly, one of the truly outstanding schools um, for children in literally the state of Florida at St. Barnabas Episcopal School. We're going to go to our break in a moment. When we come back, we'll continue to speak with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Christian uh, Episcopal School. Before we go to break, I want to remind you, of course, about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you've got garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. They carry all the best brands of garage doors in the garage door industry, and they service all types of garage doors. They have a residential uh, division, and they also have a commercial division, and they work with some of the top companies in Central Florida. It's Florida Door Solutions. Find out more at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and tell them. Be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Well, friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you. It's always great to spend this time together a few minutes every week as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Right now, we're speaking with Kyle Hayes, and he is with St. Barnabas. Barnabas Episcopal School in Deland. It's an outstanding private Christian school located in Deland in a wonderful neighborhood of a very beautiful old Florida town, Deland, Florida, USA. In fact, as we've mentioned, as, as Kyle mentioned earlier in the show, recently Deland, Florida was voted best downtown literally in, in the country, literally. And, and I certainly would, uh, would, would, would you know, would endorse that yeah. as well. Um, but anyway, um, we're hearing from Kyle about all aspects of the learning experience at St. Barnabas Episcopal School. Before we go back to Kyle, though, I want to give a shout out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic and burnfatorlando.com. Let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels from elite high school and college athletes to professional athletes to Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WIN-IN-PAIN. That's 855-WIN-IN-PAIN. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor for now six years in a row. Now back to Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School. And Kyle, when we were talking you know, in, in our first segment, you kind of painted a, a wonderful picture of an overview of, of St. Barnabas Episcopal School, everything from your your beautiful location, you know, in a in a great neighborhood with red brick streets and beautiful homes mm-hmm. and Victorian style homes in many cases, two and three stories, uh, huge Florida oak trees, um, the wonderful architecture of St. Barnabas Episcopal Church and St. Barnabas Episcopal School. Um, you know, we located just blocks away from Stetson University in downtown Deland. Everything from from that, the physical appearance to um, you know the concepts, your your Christian mission, your 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 mission as a private Christian school. Um, as, as, and to provide Christ-centered learn, learning experience and, and your philosophy of helping develop well-rounded citizens and provide a, a 
a, a learning experience for the for the children for your students that really uh, where they can really have the best chance to de- develop their poten- their full potential in a variety of areas. And so, why don't you pick up there and share with us about that learning experience from a from a student's perspective, and maybe uh, and maybe from a, a parent's perspective, and you you can. Uh, uh, you have the authority to do that because you're actually an alumni of St. Barnabas Episcopal School. Yes, uh, I have the wonder, wonderful opportunity to, you know, just be able to share my experience with current students as well as uh, other parents, being that I attended St. Barnabas, uh, you know, quite a few years ago, obviously, uh, but uh, K through eighth grade. And, you know, I really felt uh, after graduating there, I didn't actually appreciate uh, the environment uh, especially academically, until I got into that high school and college level. Uh, I wasn't, at that time, it just seemed, because I had gone through their K through 8th grade, um, what I was learning and, uh, you know, being encouraged to learn. Um, you know, I didn't really realize the scope of how much I was learning until I got into high school and being in honors programs and things like that. I was learning in high school what I had already learned years back at St. Barnabas. So, uh, you know, being able to share with current parents that um, you, our students are learning at a much higher level. And what I think what plays into that is obviously the fact that our teachers are just so nurturing and, and able to work very closely with each individual student, uh, whether they're struggling or uh, whether they're at the top of their class, and really just encouraging them to be the best they can be. Um, I think that, you know, just goes to show uh, and with a, even with a number of individuals that have recently graduated and are in like IB programs, uh, they've shared with me the same thing that I experienced, that um, a lot of what they're learning, they learned while they were at St. Barnabas. I just had the opportunity to also meet with um, an individual who was one of five students to be selected for a doctoral program at University of Florida uh, in microbiology. And he was sharing with me even some of the stuff that he's learning now in his graduate program is some of the stuff that he learned while he was in eighth grade at St. Barnabas. And that's just amazing. (laughs) One that one that he was uh, so encouraged to pursue that in his career uh, because he was so interested in that, you know, uh, science program at St. Barnabas. But two that he was learning, you know, obviously not to the highest level of what they're learning now, but he had that uh, experience that he was able to learn some of what he was learning in a graduate program at UF. So it's just really cool to hear experiences like that and me being able to personally uh, tell parents that this is the best opportunity for your child to uh, experience all aspects of the school uh, and their learning, but also be able to be set up for excellence and success when they leave here. Great insights from Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School, as we've heard also, an alumni of St. Barnabas Episcopal School. Now, Kyle, speaking of which, I know that, um, well, first of all, tell people, share with our listeners how they can learn more and how they can contact you and, and the people at St. Barnabas Episcopal School. Yes, you can visit us on our website at www.sbesyes.org, uh, or you could contact the school Uh, Mr. David Dugar is our uh, admissions director, and you can reach him by phone at 386-734-3005. If you're really wanting to learn a little bit of information about the school, the website is a great place to start, uh, and we would be happy to take you on a tour of a campus. 
uh, really get a feel for the environment and the teachers and the students uh, to really see if this is the right fit for you as a as a parent. And as I understand it, correct me if, if I don't have it exactly right, but um, as part of your admissions process, um, the early stages for people, uh, parents uh, who are who are interested in you know, finding out more about St. Barnabas and to see if St. Barnabas might be the school for their ch- children, um, the open house process, you ha- have a series of open houses, and that's you encourage people to attend the uh, prospective students and families to attend the open houses. Is, is that correct? Yes, we do. Uh, we actually... And you've got one coming up. We have one coming up on February 13th, so next Tuesday. Um, and there's really three ways that you get to experience St. Barnabas before attending here or enrolling your student. Uh, one of that, one of those is a personal tour where uh, it's scheduled, obviously, around um, your schedule as a parent. Uh, but it gives you the opportunity personally, uh, without any other parents there, to be escorted around campus into different classrooms, especially those that your students may be uh, attending next year. Um, and uh, Mr. Dugo is obviously uh, a great um, individual. He has two girls that are going to be graduating this year. So being able to share from a parent perspective as the admission director uh, as to what a, a student is going to experience um, is just a wonderful opportunity for all parents. Now, the second opportunity is an open house, and um, that opportunity gives you the oppor- gives you the chance to um, attend what would normally be a personal tour, but in a group setting. So you can uh, be able to ask questions or kind of lay low, um, more of a group setting. So um, you get to experience the school in that manner. Uh, the unique opportunity that we have coming up on February 13th is um, the opportunity to attend our parent preview night. And we're calling it an open house right now, but what it really is is it gives you the opportunity to come to the school during a time when current parents are actually in the classroom with you asking questions and hearing teachers kind of guide you through a journey of what next school year looks like and the curriculum, what to expect from a student perspective, what to expect from a parent perspective. And, uh, you know, it's just such a unique opportunity. We haven't offered that. This is our first year that we're actually offering prospective parents the opportunity to come that. But then you can kind of get a feel also for what our current community is like. Uh, If it's somewhere you can be plugged into, you can really feel that um, how I feel about our community is that our parents are very involved. Uh, They're very loving uh, of their students and other students. Uh, and really feel like um, this is a community that you can be a part of. So it's a really unique opportunity uh, for you to come on February 13th at 6 p.m. Um, you can RSVP for this open house on uh, www.sbesyes.org backslash joy. Um, and you'll also find on that page uh, some unique um, cool stories that we've done of, on a couple parents that uh, really share their experience at St. Barnabas as well. So. No, that's outstanding, and I encourage all parents who are interested in getting a top-quality, top-notch education for their children, especially a Christ-centered, Christian-oriented education, to visit St. Barnabas Episcopal School. Now, Colin, in the last couple of minutes, we've got to know that you're uh, you, part of that helping develop that round, you know, well-rounded young person is an excellent athletic department. And that's one thing we haven't talked too much uh, in the past with, with Paul and David about. Can you give us a, share with us about the, the athletics at St. Barnabas Episcopal School? 
Well, first, I'd like to obviously congratulate our uh, middle school's bo- middle school boys team. Uh, they put up a great tournament uh, on Monday and Tuesday of this week, and we're able to bring home the championship um, on Tuesday night uh, through a you know a very nail biting game with Mount Verde, um, and even the game prior to that for the uh, you know consolation getting into the championship they were both you know giving me anxiety watching them but uh we have a great athletic program um we actually offer the most sport programs in volusia county which is uh you know an amazing opportunity with many schools especially middle schools and younger cutting programs what saint barnabas is actually doing is adding programs um, so every year, uh, we also give the unique opportunity for students that might have a passion about a certain sport. Uh, if they're able to gather a group of people and uh, together that, and we have enough interest for the sport, oftentimes our athletic director will actually incorporate that program, um, you know, during that year or the following year. Uh, so we really look out for our students, uh, offering as many athletics as possible. We have over a ninety percent participation rate uh, amongst our middle school students. Uh, so everyone's kind of getting that experience through the athletic program. Uh, but one of my favorite things, and uh, our assistant head of school would, uh, uh, you know, really want me to share this, is is the fact that we're not just teaching our kids to be uh, winners. Uh, we're teaching them how to lose with dignity, how to be able to, as a team, come together. And, and though we may lose, we're still a team and and how to be sportsmanlike in that loss um, or in that win um, has just been wonderful to see, you know, through our head coaches becoming role models for those students, uh, teaching them how to win and lose. Uh, It's just been awesome to see that. One more aspect of developing the well-rounded young person that's taking place at St. Martin's Episcopal School in Deland. Well, Kyle, it's been great to have you. Thanks for coming over from Deland and joining us today on the show. We look forward to having you back again sometime in the near future, as well as, of course, Paul Garcia and David Dugo as well. Um, and before we go, uh, you just please uh, share the website one more time. Uh, you can visit our website at www.sbesyes.org. A Barnabas Episcopal School in Deland. Well, friends, we're on our next break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Mr. Kyle Hayes, representing one of the a truly outstanding private Christian school here in Central Florida, St. Barnabas Episcopal School in Deland. And I know many of you would probably want to learn more about this outstanding school, and I encourage you to visit the website for St. Barnabas Episcopal School located in Deland. Now, I want to, um, before we go further, talk about a couple of topics uh, you and I, and then, um, but first of all, I want to share with you, once again, I want to congratulate our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka, Steve White, owner and founder, celebrating their 15th anniversary 
this month. It's always tough to get a new business started. It was tough when Steve started Porky's back 15 years ago, which doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> but it's uh, but um, you know, I really can't say enough good things about Porky's. But a couple things that I would say are that, of course, they've got the outstanding barbecue. Uh, in addition to that, Steve puts his own unique stamp, creating various other sandwiches uh, that are his own unique crea- creation, barbecue sandwiches and others, such as the pig dip, the monster ribeye sandwich, which is now famous, and others as well. But also the great old school southern sides, such as, you know, uh, authentic green beans and mac and cheese and collard greens and good going on. on. But, and, and not to mention the best sweet tea and Central Florida and the best banana pudding in Central Florida. It's all it's all there at Porky's Original Barbecue and a popular. But the, the the main thing I would say the the best thing to me is, in addition to the great food, it's just it's a great casual, unpretentious atmosphere. It's Porky's. It's a wonderful place to gather over good food and drink with just good friends and family. So anyway, if you haven't been to Porky's, I encourage you, urge you to go. And of course, if you if you have been, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, but especially want to give a shout out and a big congratulations to Porky's owner, Steve White, for they're celebrating their 15, for 15 great years here in Central Florida. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Sheila Auto Repair and let you know that if you're looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle uh, with old school honesty, dependability, and integrity, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheila Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheila Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheila Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, which, of course, is Highway 441. And to be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now I'd like to share a little uh, recollections and kind of a sad event that I learned about just a couple of days ago is, you know, a, a Longtime friend, thirty plus year friend, um, somebody who literally was an impactful person in my life. I would say a household name in Central Florida politics. Uh, Doug Getzlow died two days ago uh, on Tuesday. Um, two days ago from when we're have, you know, taping, you know, recording our program, and I did want to say a few words about Doug because um, tr- truly um, he was instrumental. First of all, in in my Getting involved in the political arena, he was instrumental in many people's people um, getting involved in politics. You would be actually surprised at all the people that uh, Doug influenced, and that his influence helped to open a door for numerous people that would be household names, elected officials, former elected officials, who got their start literally uh, either as a part of his Young Republican Club, Central Florida Young Republican Club that he created, or on the numerous grassroots initiatives that he launched. Um, essentially fighting big government and uh, looking to shoot down big government. But I would want to say a couple things about, uh, share with you um, personally. You know, of course, um, you know, the word controversial was, was, would, not, would be a tremendous understatement. Um, but, you know, I also say there, and, and you know, that was, that was Doug's style. I mean, it was bigger than life. He uh, certainly had no problem with confrontation. And a big part of his literal mission and passion was fighting the power structure. And when you fight the power structure, you're going to you know, get pushed back against hard, and uh, it's not always going to be pretty. So I would say that certainly the controversial uh, 
adjective is, is very well earned and very well deserved. But I'll also say that much of what uh, has been in the media about Doug over the years was was overblown and and um, you know very one sided and in many, in some cases unfair. So I think uh, there was like a, uh, in some cases a caricature developed that was um, very over the top and, and and really didn't tell the full story. Was not balanced and, and ultimately not accurate. I wouldn't want to say those things a couple of things, but what I would like to share now is just my own observations and some of the the, the very good things that. Doug Getzlow did in the political arena in Florida and here in Central Florida. And the first way that I would describe it as someone who's a dedicated, um, you know, uh, admirer, if you will, of Thomas Jefferson and that Thomas uh, Jefferson's philosophy uh, and vision for what he wanted America to be and what he wanted our constitutional democratic republic to be. I would say that, that Doug Getzlow and his 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 career, his his activities in the political arena, um, his antics, you know, his bigger than life personality, his 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 you know, relentless and fearless uh, uh, confrontational aspect of of of, of his politi- of the way that he conducted politics was 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 just right out of Jeffersonian's vision, Thomas Jefferson's vision for for the kind of uh, America that we would have. And what I mean by that is that. Um, Several things. One, Doug was always pushing back, fighting the power structure, the elites in the community, often, if not always, on behalf of the underdog, people that didn't have uh, um, entrenched power, people, um, whether it was be uh, people that are um, you know, on, on the poor side of town, if you will, or people that were not connected to the system, you know, people that were basically impa- being, impacting ne- negatively. Um, by certain, by various initiatives, uh, and people that, and just basically taxpayers and homeowners and and citizens in general, who did not want to pay for the the latest uh, public works project, uh, a multi hundred million dollar public works project down the coming down the pike that essentially you know, the inside um, power structure was always <laughs> coming up with. So my point is, you know, Doug was always an advocate and relished being an advocate, was passionate about being an advocate for the underdog. People that didn't have power, people who didn't even know who to call, if you will. And I could share numerous stories of that with you. Some of you, many of you probably even have firsthand experience of that kind of thing. The other thing going the next step, and this is something I think was completely missed over the course of his his life and, and, and activity in, in, in Central Florida politics, which goes back to early uh, 1980s, was he provided a forum and, and an opportunity for people who otherwise would not have been involved hands-on in the political arena, including uh, running for office, which was actually my case, um, to get involved. And, you know, it was, I remember, you know, as somebody who was very interested in politics, somebody who'd followed politics closely back from the days I was literally a child, you know, my parents were involved in, you know, um, political activity and you know, in terms of supporting candidates, uh, not, active, not activists at all. But, you know, my father always had bumper stickers on his car. I always knew who they were supporting. My father always, uh, you know, overtly uh, campaigned for candidates. Um, you know, my mother was very, you know, interested and um, loved to talk about what was happening and had her opinion. So um, that was just the way I grew up. But my point is, you know, com- becoming an adult, and I know many other people are in the same boat, would have liked, wanted to get a little bit more involved, wanted to help some candidates, meet some candidates, participate on some campaigns, just flat out didn't know how to do it. 
Yeah, and, and if you go back to Central Florida back in the early 80s, it was kind of a closed system. Uh, you were kind of like handpicked or tapped, if you will, to, to run for office or whatever. And um, um, that's pretty much the way it was. Um, and the various political groups you know, didn't really uh, you know, welcome you with open arms, <laughs> to say the least. Um, you know, they knew what they wanted, knew what their agenda was, knew who they wanted to implement the agenda, and, and that was it. You know, if you want to participate, go put up some signs maybe. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Doug Getz, though, tremendously opened up the process, gave up a playground, if you will, <laughs> gave a, a forum, an opportunity for thousands of people, and it might be tens of thousands of people here in Central Florida to get more actively involved, to meet a candidate, to, to get involved on a campaign, to get involved in, on an issue, get involved in an axe attacks campaign fighting some big uh, multi-billion dollar you know, boondoggle you know, for some you know, theoretical esoteric transportation project or whatever. You know, and the, and the, the, the amount, amount of um, you know, initiatives for these kinds of huge multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar, in some cases a billion dollar initiatives, Doug defeated so many of those you can't even, probably even hard to count <laughs> over the last 30 years. Um, standing up against the power structure, mobilizing citizens, getting real people involved at the grassroots level. So those are some things that, uh, the positive things that Doug Getzlow did and will be, always be part of his legacy. And the reason I mentioned these and even talking about this is because um, I think over the years that was left out of the equation in so many stories uh, about uh, Doug because in one of the dynamics is, you know, when you're fighting the power structure, it's it's it's, it's a brutal process, and um, they've got the ability to push back hard, and and and, and they did, and and and, and it, it's kind of a I see tr- tremendous correlations between the role that Doug Getzlow played here in Central Florida, and you know his style, if you will, which was a you know, sharp stick in your eye style, <laughs> confrontational type style, um, and, and 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 Donald Trump and the way that he you know practices politics in the public arena, and the point as we go into break that I would finish that up with is that was what Thomas Jefferson had in mind. That's what, that's what quote democracy, small D is. It's when you've gotten people participating, people having the opportunity to participate, to speak their opinion, to get involved in campaigns, it's going to be messy. It's not going to be this wonderful smooth process like a, you know, um, etiquette at the country club where everybody just, uh, you know, puts their arms around each other and shakes hands uh, after the, after the debate and, um, you know, go off, uh, you know, singing together. Uh, it, it's not, it's not reality. That's not the way it works. It's, it, it, it's messy. It, it can be ugly. Um, but, but that's, from the Jeffersonian perspective, which I agree with, that's the way that it should be. That's the way that that, that truly uh, democratic government actually really works. Anyway, we're up on our next break. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I want to remind you about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you've got garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now, I'll just kind of pick up the discussion about uh, Doug Getzlow and his legacy in Central Florida. and Of course, um, as I said before, controversial is one word that's always uh, almost part of his name, and, and and that's that's accurate. I mean, that's that's not overblown. That's uh, and I think he would uh, um, actually be proud <laughs> of, of that moniker, actually. Um, but the point that I would that I'm making is that there was a tremendous amount of good things that, that Doug did just um, 
to to really foster political debate, to give people outside the quote system, the inside political system, a voice uh, and an opportunity to to push back against uh, kind of a rubber stamp process, which many times included, as 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 mentioned, and as many of you know, just uh, you know uh, these massive public works projects, for lack of a better word, uh, word um, that, that would seem to always be coming down the pike from the political insiders in Central Florida. And I would say over the course of his of, of, of his life and his political activity here in Central Florida, there's no telling how, if you put a dollar figure on all the uh, all these uh, massive uh, public works, transportation type projects that, that Getzler put, put a stop to, it would be in the billions. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, and that fits in, that's connected, related to... Um, his quote controversial reputation because, and this is one thing I think that that, that really got missed is, and I guess the be, once again the best way to describe it would be, uh, kind of reminds me of the Donald Trump approach, wasn't afraid to take on the power structure. Getzler wasn't afraid to be that that person standing up against um, all the all the people on the inside, and that's that's a unique gift. It's a unique talent. Most people, virtually all people, do not want to be. In that role, that that John the ba- John the Baptist esque role of being that one lone voice that stands up and says no to the power structure, and but he relished it, and and that was a good thing. The, the point is whether you appreciated his personality or not, whether you liked him, didn't like him, hated him, whether you had some kind of personal um, encounter that 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 soured you or whatever. Um, looking at the big picture. Is is the role that Getzler, Doug Getzler played in Central Florida politics was a net plus, and it was a net plus from a, as I said, a, a Jeffersonian perspective, a net plus from have, having an opportunity, uh, providing an opportunity. And what I mean by that is either on the political organization that he created, which at one time was the biggest young Republican club in the state of Florida, the Central Florida Young Republicans, to um, just these campaigns that he waged. Um, his political efforts, his grassroots political efforts, brought in, brought, gave people a forum, an opportunity, a playground, if you will, is the word I use, to get involved actively on a campaign, to get involved actively, to meet some elected officials, to 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 become a player themselves, to to get involved in the, you know, walking precincts or putting out signs and um, phone banking, or in later days of uh, doing work on the internet. Um, all these kinds of things, gets the, his activities. His confrontational activities, his, his contrarian activities—you know, fighting against the the power, if you will, fighting against elites—provided tremendous opportunities and a forum for thousands, tens of thousands of people here. I was—I know all about it because I was one of those to get involved. I worked on my first campaign, uh, walked my first precincts on Getzlow's campaign in nineteen. 19- 86 for the state Senate, where he almost pulled off one of the biggest upsets um, in Central Florida history against George Stewart Jr., uh, who was a huge, huge uh, um, favorite and uh, turned out to be like a 52 to 48 race that went down uh, late into the night before it was decided. And that's when really, um, you know, really gets so begin to make a name for himself and an impact. But here in Central Florida, but my point is that was my first campaign to work on. Nobody else had ever asked me to work on the campaign. I found out about it. Through the Central Forty, by being a member of the Central Forty Young Republicans, which was a, a group that he founded, and and that's that's my, that's my that's my specific example. But there was tens of thousands of other people here, many of whom were are, became elected officials, some who are elected officials now, who kind of got their start, got that first step, got their initiation, the first taste of political battle, if you will, from some kind of movement that Doug Getzler was heading up. 
And that's a legacy that'll live on for, for, for many years. And, and the other point, you know, since we don't have unlimited time that I do want to make is that, yeah, the controversial, that's the, the tag, that's certainly well-earned and well-deserved. But, um, but, but a lot of the negative press and the negative media that gets so got was not uh, deserved. It was, it became a, you know, the, a caricature uh, created in many cases, not even accurate. So that's kind of what uh, I want to share with you now is to, to help set that record straight a little bit from somebody who literally observed um, him very closely in many of those years and who literally got my own start uh, being involved actively in politics. And by actively, I mean walking precincts for candidates, being involved in voter registration drives, uh, supporting candidates in numerous other ways, getting to know elected officials. That, that very first step, that entree into that whole world and that whole process for me began because of the initiatives um, that Doug Getzel had started. And I know, as I said, tens of thousands of others had that same story, their own unique story. And the other thing is, the point I'm really making is that it, it all came out of a, out of a, an approach to public discourse, to political participation that's right out of the Thomas Jefferson philosophy of, of where it's the elites don't know everything. You know, the elites should not control our society. They should not control our political system, especially, and that the wisdom of, of common people of everyday, uh, uh, and I don't want to use the word ordinary because I don't think, uh, you know, our, our rank and file citizens such as you and I are ordinary. We're not ordinary, but, but the point is we're certainly not elites. And um, the point is, is, is the, the philosophy of Thomas Jefferson of, of tremendous respect and confidence in the wisdom of just everyday people knowing how to run their lives, knowing how to make the decisions that that where they can control their own destiny t- as much as we really can, to make decisions that affect our own lives and our own families. That's that's the Jeffersonian philosophy and um seeing how, you know, as we as as Jefferson said himself, the natural order of things is for the power of government to expand and for the rights of citizens to recede, that we're there's going to be times, there are going to be occasions where we must um, get involved in the political process. We must get involved in the political arena. And the thing is, um, unless you've got leadership, grassroots activists, grassroots leaders with incredibly thick skin and, and, and kind of a, a taste for the, for, for, for the battle, those opportunities are not going to be there. Without the Doug Getzlos of the world, you'd have you know, an inside elite running everything, picking the candidates, uh, picking the campaign managers, funding the campaigns. Um, and I think some people, I, you know, my perspective at least, that was similar to the way that things were run in Orange County uh, back up until the early 80s. And um, now, of course, people that, that, are, that have that situation are not going to like it when somebody comes along and upsets the apple cart in the way that, that, that Getzlow did and in the way that he did, uh, which was not a, you know, hey, let's all shake hands and, uh, you know, go grab a beer or whatever. It was, uh, it was okay, I just beat you and here's a nice sharp stick in the eye. So, but my, my point is, from a Thomas Jefferson perspective, that that's that's the the situation. That's that's the kind our democratic republic functioning properly. To quote Jefferson, um, of course, once again paraphrase: yeah, a little revolution is a good thing. Jefferson also said, of course, famously, the natural uh, order of things is for. Excuse me, said that the the tree of liberty must constantly be be refreshed with the blood of patriots and the blood of citizens. And of course, you know, Getso never got involved in anything violent, but my point is that, that that's the Jeffersonian philosophy. That was his, that was his 
his perspective, his vision, if you will, for democracy in America. Yeah, there's, there's going to be conflict. And he even you know, suggested there's going to be bloody conflict. And, and But the point is, from Jefferson's point of view, that's, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I don't know whether I would necessarily go that far, but my point is the kind of outside agitator, the kind of person who's getting, getting citizens involved, getting citizens activated, getting citizens mobilized to, to fight the power structure, whatever it might be, some billion-dollar uh, maglev uh, train project or um, some big MTA-style uh, transportation boondoggle uh, uh, costing hundreds of millions to billions of dollars whatever these various things, some mobility 2020 deal out there that the, all the insiders came up with to, to raise millions of dollars out of tax money off the, off the backs of the taxpayers. The person for democracy to function the way that it should uh, and efficiently, there's got to be these people, these, these, these leaders, if you will, these, these grassroots style, hard hitting leaders that, that, that push back against the power structure, give citizens an opportunity to, Oppose these things, and boy, that that was that was Doug Gessler, and that was the role that he played here in Central Florida politics for about forty plus years. And as I said before, as we close out, my entree into politics was was directly due to Doug Gessler. It was it was um, joining the organization that he founded, uh, the Central Florida Young Republicans. It was first campaign I ever worked on was his campaign, walking precincts over in a, a South Orlando um, on his campaign for the state senate. And many, many, many other people's people, you'd be surprised at actually how many people um, have a similar experience. But anyway, friends, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for joining us, of course. And um, before, before we go, I, I do want to wanted to talk a little bit more about the National Football League. And I'll just say a couple things about them. Uh, it's it's a league in, in, in rapid free fall. It's a league in extraordinary decline. No, I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl. I could care less about the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, from my perspective, and I share that with, I know many of many of you who listen to our show, to me being an American, being loyal to our country, to the ideals that our flag and our national anthem represent, trumps any kind of watching any kind of sport or any kind of entertainment. And so that's my position, and I'm, I'm done with the National Football League. I do want to share one, one uh, stat that I, that I read in the David Whitley column in the Sentinel uh, last week, and it said um, the NFL has lost something like 20 to 30% of their um, viewership or fans in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic. That's huge. That's catastrophic. That's the kind of loss of fans that 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 uh, are customers that would put major companies out of business. And I think that's just one more trend for the future, and we're going to keep a close eye on that as, as we move forward. But anyway, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.